Lipton Sopa. Busy Lipton Sopa. My dear friend Louise, who is on here quite often, just gave me a really cute pumpkin that says, Busy Living Soba. Instead of sober, it says Soba. She's so cute. Happy birthday to my friend in Texas. Hope you're doing well. She just had her first sober birthday. Wow. It's so crazy to me when we are drinking and we think everything's awesome. And then it becomes not so awesome. It's crazy because I like when we start drinking, like I started drinking at 13, as most of the people listening know. And so I started drinking at 13 and it's what all the grownups did and it looked fun and it looked like something I wanted to do. So at 13, I did it. And I did it till I was 37. So that's 24 years of drinking. And did I drink every day? No. And were there good times of drinking? For sure. But there were a lot of not good times. And there were a lot of times that I got myself into situations that if I were sober, I wouldn't have gotten myself into. And it's crazy because when you realize you have a problem with alcohol and you're like, what am I going to do? Um... How am I going to live life without it? It, I hate it. It's like I hated it. I hated booze. I hated what it stood for. I hated how it made me feel. I hated the remorse, the regret. But everybody else was doing it, so I did it. But I still remember like having that sip and that red flush feeling coming over me. And then all bets were off. I just couldn't stop. And I kept drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And, um, it was not, in the end of the day, like looking back, it was part of me. It was part of who I was. It was part of how I grew up. I think it's part of how society, fortunately, unfortunately, it's a part of how people grow up, right? You get to a certain age in high school and people are doing it all over around where I live. And I know my kids were doing it. It's like you take these chances and you go out and everybody starts to drink and you take liquor from your parents and you go and you do these things. And it's kind of like a rite of passage. But for the people that are out there that have this disease, you don't know you have it. It's like you don't know that you have a certain thing until you know you have it, right? So I kind of knew that I was an alcoholic, but I didn't want to admit it. And when I did, it's like this freedom came over me. It was like I realized that I couldn't do it anymore. It's like how am I going to live with or without a drink? And I knew I couldn't do it anymore because I had said so many times, I can't do this, I can't do this, and I'd do it again. And I can't do it, I can't do it, and I'd do it again. And so here I am, you know, 12 years later, and it's, I've been going through a big change in my life. And it's, the change is good. And everybody out there is like, this is all good, this is all good. It is all good, but change is not comfortable. It is not comfortable. Whoever says that it is lied because it's not comfortable. And especially when you had spent a long time, like I did, being really scared, being really unsure if my kids were going to be okay, if I was going to have enough money to pay for this, if I was going to have enough money to pay for that, if I was going to have oil in my tank. There were all those things that came up and 
I didn't know if I was going to be okay. So I spent so many years with anxiety and fear and remorse and all this stuff. I was so scared and I was sober, but I was scared. And I'm not scared anymore. And this might sound crazy, but if you're listening and maybe you relate right to me, please. But, you know, that feeling like everything's okay now, I don't have drama anymore. It feels weird. And it feels weird in a way that you miss it. Like, I miss that, which just sounds sick, right? It's how why addiction is such a mental illness and a sp- you need a spirit. Like, where I, you know, I go to 12-step meetings because they work for me. And I've been going to 12-step meetings since day one. And now I have 12 years. My husband goes to 12-step meetings. And he has 20 years. And that means we go to AA and... A works for me. I enjoy it. I ended up starting a meeting in my town, which is four years old now, which I can't even believe. And um, it's right down the street. And that's where I go every morning. I go to an AA meeting every morning, every day, um, five days a week. And yes, I have 12 years sobriety. I still go there. But it's um, where I learn my experience, strength, and hope. And it's where I realize that I need a spiritual, I need something spiritual to make me okay. I, it's either spirits or the spirit that's going to make me okay. So this past weekend, I was miserable. I was hanging out with my husband. I had no reason to be miserable, and I was miserable, and I was bitchy, and I was complaining, and I was miserable, and I'm just like, eh, I hate this. I, I want to run away. I want to run away. And it wasn't until I really got really jammed up yesterday, and I finally started to write, and I wrote down what I w- what I was feeling and what it felt like, and what who I had a resentment towards, and the biggest resentment I had t- was towards myself. And those resentments towards myself were resentments that I'm like, why am I not patient? Why am I not okay with quiet? Why am I not okay just being? Why am I not okay letting go? I have times where I can let go and there's times when I can't. And right now, I'm, I was having a hard time letting go. I'm back today. I feel way better because I wrote everything down and I talked in a, we have a sponsor, so I called my sponsor. And I feel 500 times better I needed to give this up. I needed to let go. I needed to trust in my higher power. And I wasn't trusting. And I was feeling uncomfortable in my uncomfortableness. And that's the truth. Being honest with somebody really gives you the ability to be free. I know when I was raised Catholic, they taught you, go to confession. Here it's kind of like you go to confession with someone who's a complete stranger, but that has... A little more sobriety than you most times. And um, you, that's where you get the freedom. And um, I needed that. I was so stuck and so feeling terrible. I didn't know what to do next. I was like, oh, I haven't had a drink. And I don't want to have a drink. But I really don't feel comfortable in my head. What am I going to do? And I reached out and I told on myself. And I talked to somebody. And that's the gifts. And in the beginning, just not picking up a drink is enough. But 
once you've been sober for a little while, you need more than that. You need somebody to talk to. You need to work on what it is that, you know, you don't like about you and get over it and what you resent and really being honest with what that resentment is and letting it go. That is key to this program and it's key to life. It's like we have to let things go. Nobody has a perfect thing. No one. I know people might look like they're perfect, but let me tell you, nobody is perfect. You might see people driving down the road and you're like, oh my gosh, they have a perfect life, but nobody does. No one comes out of this life unscathed. And um, having the disease of alcoholism really stinks. But we're lucky that we're in 2018 and more and more Americans are recognizing addiction as a disease and not a social malady. Meaning people are realizing that it's a disease. It's not that you are like bad ethics and bad morals. No, the reality is, is that this is a disease that's passed down through generations. And when we get it, what are we going to do with it? And for me, I go to 12-step meetings and it helps me. And why does it help me? Because I'm willing to listen. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like 12-step meetings and they call it a cult and they call it this, they call it that. I mean, why isn't the Catholic Church a cult? <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing. But it's we're there to help each other. We're there to be there for each other and there's no preconceived notions. There's no, you don't have to have any social standing. You don't have to have any money. You don't have to have anything. All you have to have is a desire to stop drinking. And for me, it has worked and it's given me this life that's beyond my wildest dreams. And um, I go and I enjoy myself and I hear the solution. And you know what the crazy thing is, is that you get to this point when you're sober long enough that you can go to situations that you didn't think you used to be able to go to, you can go and be around people drinking and you just look at people and you're like, oh my gosh, that was me. I'm so glad it's not. And you can also, that's a huge gift of being sober is being able to go into any situation. The other huge gift is um, realizing that you don't regret the past. Like I don't regret all that drinking I did. Um, it actually made me who I was and it's like part of my life and we're only here for a finite time. I don't know how long that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be till today. I have, no idea. I have no idea. None of us do. So, um, knowing that part of my life I spent, you know, 24 years drinking a lot and now I'm 50 and I've been sober for 12 and if I go the rest, who knows? Like, it's just, uh, it's such a gift, but it's like, that was part of it. It's like, at what part were you like a size six and now you're size 10 or you're size 12? And it's like, it's part of us. It's like who we are. It's like the wrinkles on our face. And it's like the part of my life that I, my alcoholism was out of control and I didn't have a handle on it was not a good time in my life. But now, but it made me who I am. And it gave me characters and I learned a lot and it was, fell down a lot, forgot a lot. I don't want to go do it again, but it is part of me and I don't regret it. It just is part. And it's like, check. All right, I did that. It's like if somebody does a marathon, I guess it's like you check that off. I have never done a marathon. I don't think I ever will, but you check it off. It's like, okay, I, I was drunk. Okay. I can say I did that and now I'm not a drunk anymore. And now my primary purpose is to help other alcoholics stay sober. And that is a gift of the 12 Steps of AA. And um, I've never gone on that much about AA, but it's what's helped me and it's what's given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. It's what I do. Five days a week at least is go to a meeting and I talk to other alcoholics all day long. And um, I am grateful for that. 
So if you're out there and you don't think it'll work, let me tell you, there's meetings all over the place. If you luckily live someplace that there are meetings all over the place and um, you need to try a bunch. It takes time to find the right group. It's like you don't like the first restaurant you go to. You don't like the first, you know, you don't pick the first school unless, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you've got to go try it. You've got to go try different ones and see what you like. What exercise gym do you like for sure right off the bat? No, you might might want to go to this class and that class and this class and that until you find your rhythm. So if you are thinking about going to A and trying it, try it. See, but again, don't give up on the first one. If you don't like it, keep trying. And if you have any questions for me, you can reach me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busy, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com. Until next week, which I think Louise will have 10 months. Oh, my God. All right. Keep getting busy living sober. Bye.